It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. I got Carol Evans' very own Reggie Wilson with me, so life is good. Thursday, Reg, almost there. Oh, yeah, man. We got Twins winner yesterday. We got mm-hmm. the Aurora winning yesterday. We're speaking mm-hmm. in existence a Lynx win. You know, Oof. just good vibes, you know? We got a fun show lined up. We're talking about the top wide receivers in the NFL and where Justin Jefferson ranks on the list. Plus, talking some Twins and a dramatic finish that had Target Field rocking yesterday afternoon. Later, putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. All coming up on Superior Sports Talk. Remember, follow along on Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and on twitter smash that follow button at locked on min to football we go 61 days until week one of the nfl season kicks off espn's latest article ranks the 10 best receivers in football now reggie we've gone through the running backs did the defense we even broke down kirk cousins and the quarterbacks yesterday ronda whiteouts today 50 nfl scouts coaches and front office members they huddled up made their rankings, and Justin Jefferson landed fourth on the list, mm. just behind, in order, Devontae Adams one, Cooper Cup two, and Jamar Chase three after just one season, third best wideout in football. J.J. was ahead of guys like Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, and DeAndre Hopkins. We know what Jefferson has done. All the records broke. Over 3,000 yards, most of any wideout in his first two seasons in NFL history, etc., etc., etc. Thoughts on him ranking fourth on the list, and when you just step back and look at this guy, just how truly special can he be? What's he bring to the table that makes him so elite? You know, as Michael Jordan said, the ceiling is the roof. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, um, it's great to see Justin Jefferson get this respect. Um, what's interesting is, you know, with this ranking, you were just like, well, okay, if, if he's the f- number four, you know, wide out in the league, how, how come he couldn't get first team all pro last no season? kidding. You know, like, what's the deal with that? And what's interesting is, is, you know, he went to college with Jamar Chase, Mm -hmm. and they got Jamar Chase ranked ahead of him after only one year. And it's just like, look, I understand, you know, you may think that Jamar Chase's skills are are superior in some way, but the body of work there would tend to give J.J. the benefit of the doubt in my mind. I would put him at number three behind – cup and behind Devontae Adams because you know if if you're asking me to pick like in a vacuum and you're just like all right pick Chase Mm -hmm. or Jefferson I'm gonna go Jefferson just because he's been the more productive receiver and he has a little bit more of a body of work in the league we don't know how Jamar Chase is gonna do in his second season we would think that maybe he'll just continue to you know do what he does but it's just funny like 
talking about Jamar Chase going into last season, I was in Cincinnati. I was there, you know, at training camps and, you know, all those practices where Jamar Chase couldn't catch a thing. It was like he was yeah, dropping everything. That? Yeah, and he then, was dropping balls left and right. Yeah, I remember And then that? all of a sudden, once the season started, it was just like, whoa, where did this come from? It was just like he figured it out and he was all good. And so, look, give him a little bit more of time, a little bit more of a body of work, and, and then come at me after that. But for my money, I'm taking J.J. just because the numbers that he put up last season – 168 targets, 108 catches, 1,600 yards, 10 touchdowns. That number could have been even more mm-hmm. when you consider his usage. You know, 168 targets, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, shoot, that's not bad. But, I mean, you look at how they use Cooper Cup in Los Angeles, and the Vikings could have very well used Justin Jefferson in the same way last season, which means, you know, he probably could have been competing with Cup for those triple crown numbers. And so I just think he's going to unlock a a whole new level, which is kind of crazy to believe because he's already, like, up there. But I, I just, you know... Some of these scouts, you know, having some type of a knock on him or or whatever the case may be, like, I don't think it's valid. I don't think it's fair to put any type of knock on. He's still super young. He's super talented, super productive. It just seems like whenever they threw him the ball, somehow he always found separation. He was open. And there's just something to be said about guys like that. He is one of the best wide receivers in the league. And this – uh, list is telling because you got him ahead of guys like Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, as you mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, who is probably a first ballot Hall of Famer when his career is all said and done. But you, you still, I mean, Debo Samuel, he beat out Justin Jefferson for first team All Pro last season, but they got him at nine on this list. Yeah. So. You got to respect it. Here's what scouts and coaches had to say about him. He wants to be the best in the game, and you can feel that, an AFC Mm -hmm. coach said. He'll get a gazillion targets in that new Vikings offense. He's not a burner, but he's got everything else. Instincts, competitive, great route runner, can win at all levels of the field. First of all, he's not a burner. He ran a 4-4-3. What are we talking about? Anyways, we'll save that for later. Reggie, the Vikes force-fed this dude the ball last season, according to Next Gen Stats, with 28.5 nine percent of minnesota's targets that was the third most in the nfl and that Mm -hmm. was with adam thielen playing next to him he also had 2060 air yards which was 45.2 percent of the team's total output that's three percent higher than any other player in the league including cooper cup Mm -hmm. and that was in a mike zimmer clint kubiak conservative offense the expectations of him now under kevin o'connell run it up downright I mean, just wild to think about, right? I mean, is it fair to think that he could not only match Cooper Cup's resume, or dare I even say, could J.J. be even better than Cooper Cup when it comes to his statistical output with KOC calling the shots? What do you think? Look, God bless Cooper Cup, okay? (laughs) Like, much respect to my guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I I respect his game tremendously. He's torn an ACL and come back and, and... led the league in receiving, triple crown winner, all that. But I think from top to bottom, Justin Jefferson is a better receiver. 
I, I mean, I just think his skills are far superior to Cooper Cup's. You know, Cooper Cup is very savvy. You know, he's very shifty. Uh, he has a knack of of getting open. He's a, a really, really good route runner. But when you you talk about Justin Jefferson, you you talking about like what Cup does times two because I feel like. Justin Jefferson is the more explosive receiver. And so mm-hmm. I think if if this offense is going to feature him in the way that we kind of see it, in the way that, you know, the offense in Los Angeles featured Cup, I can see a scenario where Jefferson not only leads the league in receiving, but has a chance to top what Cup did even last year, which is kind of crazy to believe because I feel like, at times, it felt like the Rams only had Cooper Cup, and it was just like, all right, that's fine. You know, I know we got OBJ, we got Van Jefferson, but we're throwing the Cup, though. And then Cup is like, oh, yeah, you're throwing it to me. Oh, I'm going to catch it because that's just what I do. <laughs> and so I just think, you know, if they decide to employ that same approach for Justin Jefferson, I could see him really ballooning the numbers and really just taking this offense to even – that next level. Yeah, Cooper Cup, crafty, an unbelievable, precise route runner. But you know what JJ's got on him is the catch radius. His arms hang down to his kneecaps. He's yeah. got one of the best and biggest catch radiuses for a dude that's what, six foot one and a half, six foot two. He's a guy that Kirk Cousins can just throw it up into a spot, throw him open, throw it into a window, and Justin Jefferson can go up and get it. That's something that yep. just Cooper Cup and a lot of other receivers just they can't do. They don't have it. And it's something that you just can't teach. Right. And that's what's pretty fun. Here's what I thought was really interesting about the list. You've got the top ten, then the seven honorable mentions for a total of 17 guys so here's the best 17 wide receivers in the nfl and of that group best of the best guess how many of them were drafted in the first round how many seven only seven of them in fact when you look at just the top 10 alone only four of the top 10 were drafted in the first round chase Mm. jj hopkins mike evans that tells me out of all the positions you can find late gems in the draft some diamonds in the rough cup third round Diggs fifth round tyreek fifth round keenan mclaurin Godwin, all third round. A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Debo, D.K. Metcalf, all second round. If I'm a GM, I'm taking this list, I'm going to the Xerox machine, I'm making 2 million copies, and I'm posting it all over my war room saying, find me guys with high upside and physical traits that we can find on day two and start targeting them. And I'm using all my first round picks on premium positions, pass rushers, cornerbacks, offense and defensive linemen all day. Just thought that was really interesting. Interesting because when we looked at these other lists, it seems like you usually get what you pay for. A lot of those guys are drafted very early, top 40, top 50 picks. Mm-hmm. A lot of them first-round guys. But here in wide receiver, only seven of the top 17 guys drafted in the first round. Last one as we wrap up, how about the Vikings wide receiver core just as a whole? We know they've got the blue chip superstar in JJ. We know they got the crafty vet in Thielen. Osborne, drafted in the fifth round, by the way, looks the part, great number three wide receiver. Then you just got a grab bag of of names all fighting for those last two or three spots on the roster. Albert Wilson, B.C. Johnson, Amir Smith-Marset, Jalen Naylor, the rookie. 
We know PFF ranked this unit like 15th in the league, which is pretty wild. How do you think fans should view this group as a whole? And, and what's their ceiling? Like, how good could they be under Kevin O'Connell in 2022? I think when KLC got here, he was like, oh, I, I think I see a, a roster. I think I see a group of wide receivers that is similar to the ones that I had when I left. You know, you look at um, you look at Justin Jefferson. You know, we talked about Cooper Cup. You look at Van Jefferson, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's comparable to a K.J. Osborne, if you will. You look at Adam Thielen. You know, give or take him with like an OBJ or or something like that. I know they're not the same guy, but, you know, you kind of have some groups that remind you of one another when you mm-hmm. come over for, uh, from Los Angeles to some Minnesota. similarities. Yeah, sure. there's, there's some similarities there where you're just like, okay, like I can see it. And, you know, uh, in, in action, you know, for Thielen, Smith-Marset showed some flashes yeah. last season. And so, and then, you know, you're going to get B.C. Johnson back from uh, injury and – all accounts, you know, I wasn't here last year for training camp, but before he did get hurt, I heard he was just like tearing it up. And fans were really excited that he could possibly be wide receiver three. And then he got hurt and then KJ Osborne emerged. And, you know, the rest is, as they say, history. And so, Do you know how much heat I took on Twitter when I said, hey, don't forget about BC Johnson. He was really? like cemented as the wide receiver three before he went down. And I was like, cemented as the wide receiver three? What are you? I was like, yeah, man, go back. Watch the tape, man. Watch the games. He was Kirk Cousins' favorite option underneath when both guys on the outside were covered. Sorry to interrupt. I just had to no, that, a little bit. No, for sure. And I think that also gives Kevin O'Connell some some like flexibility there mm-hmm. as well, where he's just like, you know, like I said, last season was the most frustrating thing to watch, seeing them get in all these long and distant situations uh, after situation, and you're just like, oh my gosh, here we go, four, you know. But you got some guys that maybe on first or second down can cut across the middle, you know. What we saw last season and why we didn't see the production of the offense go even greater is because they got stuck behind the chains too much. Right. And now you, you see this wide receiver group, and you're just like, dude, there's no reason, you know, add Dalvin Cook and Madison and Kane up in there, and you're just like, there's no reason why this group shouldn't be, you know, moving the chains each and every drive. Like, there should be no reason why these drives stall. And so that's something that I want to see more of next season. This should be a, a team scoring, you know, 30-plus points a game every game because of the production and the level of skill and talent that they have on the offensive side of the football. It's funny, looking at this list, you know, Adam Thielen was in here as receiving votes. Mm-hmm. And that was cool b- mm-hmm. because of the games that he missed, but it's just like they got Michael Thomas on here as honorable mention, and he did he not play, play last year, last season. Yeah, like, what? he did not play at all <laughs> last season. I don't get it, man. Season. I don't get it. So. You know, he made it over guys like Thielen, Lockett. I mean, he made – I would put T. Higgins in honorable mention before oh. I put Michael Thomas on there. I would like, put Lockett in there as well. I yeah, mean, like those guys deserve to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. you know, Thielen scored 10 touchdowns last season in, in limited action because of that ankle injury that caused him to miss 
um, the the latter part of the season. And so, you know, I think it's hard when you try to nail down these top ten lists. But, you know, I think having Justin Jefferson on there in the top five and then having Thielen be mentioned in the mix, that says a lot about where they are as a receiver group. And I think that gives the fans and this coaching staff some excitement going into this season. I'm just looking forward to seeing how they really utilize these guys. Those guys want that Super Bowl jewelry this year, and you can get your jewelry with Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get 50 bucks off purchases of $500 or more. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, just pretty cool to see these rankings. Get some healthy debate going. We want to hear from you. Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. 61 days until week one of the NFL season. Vikes training camp less than two weeks away. Until then, Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way. To baseball we go. And your Minnesota Twins with a walk-off winner yesterday. Bottom of the ninth, tied up one apiece. Jose Miranda with two runners on versus one of the best closers in baseball. Jack's a bomb shot. Deep left field for the walk-off winner. Target field on their feet. Prince was blaring. Stand up and shout. Minnesota Twins 2022 World Series champs were coming. Okay, maybe not, but but still. Anytime <laughs> you get a walk-off, like that, that that's just fun to see. Jose Miranda, by the way, just on a tear right now. To Twitter we go, Aaron Gleeman, the geek. Jose Miranda's last 40 games, 331 average, 576 slugging, 7 bombs, 10 doubles, 29 ribbies. Pretty dang close to his stat line between AA and AAA last season, which mm. earned him Minnesota Twins Minor League Player of the Year. Reggie, quick thoughts on the game yesterday, and just how nice is it to have someone else in the lineup, not named Buxton, Correa, or Arise, be the hero and step up in the clutch? And that's what we talk about with this Twins team, man. Like, they have guys who can contribute all up and down the lineup on any given day. You know, we've seen guys like Larnick, Kepler, Gordon be the hero. And Kirilov. I think, yeah, Kirilov is coming into his own as well. Like, this team has some talent, man. Like, and it's exciting to see them kind of reach their potential and, and kind of realize, like, okay, like, okay, I'm a good hitter. I think I think I that, do this. that works. Yeah. And, you know, Miranda had a terrible time before he got sent down to AAA. And mm-hmm. as soon as he got brought back up, it was just like he was hungry. Like it lit a fire under him or something like that because he's just been tearing it up. And so, look, he hit one of the best relievers in baseball uh, last night. Like that was not an easy thing to do. You know, Hader is is an all-star, you know, like he's he's a guy that, you know, at times he's coming to the game and he's feared, you know, 
batters are not looking forward to seeing him. Got some nasty stuff coming from the left side as well. And Miranda's just like, <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm hot. We're going home. And that was just awesome to see. How, how about the, the walk-off winners that the Twins have had? They've, they've suffered some walk-off defeats. That's true. But they've had their, their fair share of walk-off winners as well. I think the, the stat line was something like five that they've had wow, uh, already? this season. Yeah, wow. like it's, it's remarkable seeing that, you know, they just have something in them late in games where they're just like, you know what? Let's go home, boys. Let's go. We're gonna home. pack this up. Let's get who, out of here. Who wants okay? to be the hero tonight? Anyway, yeah. anyway, you. And it's so go exciting when they do it because they just get so juiced. Like, I know. I remember I, when Buxton did it the last time. I thought that he was about to tear something. How he was just, <laughs> you know, he's just he's just getting after it. He his was head super, was about to pop off his yeah. body and roll over to second base by the How time he was rounding the bases. Is that, Man. Though? How cool is that, especially for fans to see something like that? Like, this is my team. This is a team that I care about, I'm invested in, and this is how excited they are about the game. It just makes it more palpable throughout the ballpark. Should have put a few bucks down, man. I told you it was a lock. <laughs> if only we would have had Dave. Tight on cash. Dave is a banking app that can help you get $500 instantly. Download the Dave app. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get $500 instantly. Terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Member FDIC. Yeah, Twins win. Guardians lose to the White Sox. They keep beating each other up. Twins lead in the division now four and a half over Cleveland, five over Chicago. Reggie, yesterday we talked about the most surprising thing we've seen from the offense in the first half of this season. Today I want to know what you think has been the most surprising thing about the pitching thus far in 2022. Could be a, a wild, crazy stat, a specific player, anything. I think the most surprising thing is that they're in it. I was talking to one of my guys um, this morning, and he's from Kansas City, well, from the area. And he was talking about how the hype was supposed to be so real for the Royals this season. Mm. And he was just like, man, the pitching was just terrible to start the year. And that just kind of set the tone for how mm. bad this Royals team is. And, you know, we saw, uh, you know, 10 players not being able to make the trip to Toronto to play the Blue Jays because of, you know, vaccination reasons. And I'm just like, man, how did that team uh, – because Whit Merrifield was like, look, if we were better, I'd be vaccinated. It wouldn't be a problem. And it's just like, how did that team get there, you know? Yeah. And, and you look at that team and you're like, man, like – the Twins could have been that, you know, like the, the bats you didn't necessarily have too much of a problem with. But like, I think if there was one thing that tw uh, Twins fans were like, uh, I don't know, like they were just like clenched butt cheeks. It was about the pitching <laughs> because I, like, you know, they, they traded for Sonny. You know, they were hoping Joe Ryan was going to, you know, come into his own, which, you know, after yesterday's performance, it looks like he's teetering back, you know, mm -hmm. to the Joe Ryan that we have seen and that we've come to appreciate, um, especially from the start of the season. And you're just like, OK, like if this pitching can can do what it needs to do, you know, they signed Chris Archer. They took a flyer on him, took a flyer on Dylan Bundy. And you're just like, man, like. We've seen all of these guys pitch well, but we haven't seen all of these guys pitch well recently. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Archer has been not the best over the last few seasons and the injury history. Dylan Bundy just kind of been a guy. And you're just like, okay, and then we're going to try to put them together with some of the, you know, some of this young pitching staff. Uh, you know, guys like Smeltzer and Winder, you know, I think those are guys that they give you some production that maybe you don't think that they're going to. You know, I know Winder's kind of had a little bit of a tough go recently, but, you know, he's given them some good starts this season. You know, Devin Smeltzer has had a, a little bit of a rough go recently as well, but he's given them some good starts, like, a lot this season. And so I think when you ask me, like, what's the most surprising part about the pitching staff, I think it's the fact that they are keeping the Twins in it, one. And two, they are, you know, especially from a starting pitching standpoint, they are helping the Twins kind of get over that hump and get out to this lead that they have in the division. And they're holding on for dear life, barring, you know, any bad pitching performances back-to-back. But as long as they continue to be – consistent as they've been I think this twins team can do some damage I do think that they still need to get some arms for that bullpen but mm-hmm. you know you you come into a series and you ask me okay we're gonna go out there the first three games we're gonna give you Ryan gray uh maybe Bundy? smeltzer smeltzer yeah you're like okay like I, you know, I think you would, I think you would believe in the bats enough to give mm-hmm. those guys the type of run support that you're like, okay, I think they're gonna be in every game, and you know, maybe one of those other games, you know, like Smelter or something like that, you think like, hey, if the bats get hot, maybe we can steal one, and now we're looking at trying to gain an advantage in this series. I know it's a long ways away, like the playoffs are still months away, but. I think that's kind of the mindset that you take in with how the pitching has been this season. It's like, look, just give us a chance and let the bats, you know, do what the bats are capable of. And maybe they have a chance to win their first playoff series in 17,000 years. They've dipped down for sure uh, and started to come back down to earth a little bit as of late, the starters, that is. they rank And just I think 26. that's something you're scared of. I, I know, I know. It's okay if one guy starts to dip, like Joe Ryan, as long as everybody else is still staying on the same pace, but when multiple guys start to falter a little bit or come mm-hmm. back down to earth, then you get worried. They rank just 26 in the MLB and quality starts with 22, but... 12th in the league in batting average allowed with 237 and top 10 in the league in both ERA and whip fans again just hoping they can keep this up for an entire season seeing Joe Ryan with his first great outing in weeks was certainly a good sign for that as you mentioned he goes five innings allows just one run relievers come in do the rest final series is set before the all-star break twins get four more in a row at home versus the White Sox starting tonight First pitch, 6.40 p.m. Clear skies in the forecast with Sonny Gray on the mound. Rest Thank assured, you, Belinda. <laughs> rest assured, <laughs> Reggie and I got you covered tomorrow to break it all down. All right, time has come. Favorite segments here. Putting Reggie on the hot seat, covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, the rumors are swirling. Pro Bowl mm. defensive tackle and Super Bowl winner Ndamukong Sue has his team wish list down to two. Those teams are. The Las Vegas Raiders and uh-huh. your Minnesota Vikings. What does it mean for the potential landing spot of Sue in purple? And what would the addition do for Ed Donatel's defensive outlook? 
Now, look, I don't think Sue is the Sue that we all like have come to just fear, you know, maybe from five, six years ago. But I do think that he's still a productive player and a, a championship level player that can add some good depth to this defense. You know, you look at kind of like the inside guys and you think Harrison Phillips on the interior, but you when you start looking at those defensive ends and that 3-4 front, you know, you can plug Sue in there as a rotational guy and like they can really like think of a defense that has Phillips, Sue, Zadarius and Hunter all coming after the Oof. quarterback. I'm screwed. Like if I'm a quarterback, I'm just like, oh my gosh, give me a three-step drop. Yeah. And as yeah. soon as that back foot taps on the ground, I'm Hot out. route. That's it. That's it. It's like, man, why does he keep throwing these six, seven, eight-yard routes? Do you see who's rushing me? <laughs> That's what's going on here. I'm not holding up five-step drop, do coach. It? I'm not doing it. Seven-step drop. I'm not doing it. I don't think, like I said, he's a guy that instills the fear that he did before. But I do think that he is still a guy that can help this team. And, and you know, when you think about the Vikings team, we talk about the offense. And that's all we hammer, the offense, the offense, the offense. And it's just like, well, like, we get it. Offensive head coach comes in. That's pretty much what the identity of this team is going to be. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about complementary football, and you look at the pieces that the defense has assembled. I think you add a piece like Indomitian Sue. I think this this article says the the Vikings haven't had an interior lineman record six sacks in a season since Tom Johnson had six and a half Dang. in twenty fourteen. That's a while. Great man. stat. Wow. That, it's been nice a while. Name drop. Mm, it's been okay. a while. Mm -hmm. And so look, Sue hasn't been to a Pro Bowl since twenty sixteen, and he's only managed uh six sacks you know last season but if you add those six sacks and with the production that the other guys are are slated to have when you talk about a healthy Zadarius a healthy hunter and you got uh Harrison Phillips like clogging up the lane in the inside drawing two defenders like that's kind of scary man when you think about it like and and we've seen like some of these wily veterans even do better, you know, as they kind of get older because they just figure out a way to be a little bit more crafty. And so I look at a, a signing like Sue as a plus for this team. And, you know, if I'm Quasey, I'm I'm on the phone with the agent, like, look, what do we gotta do? We gotta put some extra juicy Lucy's up in there. Like, do we what what do we want? You want some hot pockets? Like do you want you want us to you know, buy the house for you to stay in, like put you up at, at the Wilfs lair. Like, how do you want to do this? Because that would be a piece that really, really helps anchor that defense. Yeah, if they do indeed sign him, don't get it twisted, don't get it confused. This isn't like Brett Favre in 09, pushing the chips all in, Super Bowl or bust, but it would be a big indicator and tell you just where the front office's mindset is as far as how competitive they think they can be this year and what their expectations are. Because you go sign a big name like this, granted, probably a one or two year deal at most, but it tells you that they expect to be very competitive this year when you go bring in a big name. We talk about it all the time. What are the biggest question marks at the 22 starter spots? Center, right guard, 
And the only real other one, that third defensive lineman spot. Now we have Armin Watts penciled in, but mm-hmm. who knows? It could be a, it could be a James Lynch. It could be a rookie that comes in there. It could be they sent Jonathan Bullard. It could be, you know, DJ Wanham. Maybe they like him better, you know, hand in the dirt. We don't know. Yeah. But bringing him in would definitely be that complimentary piece that you talked about that not yep. so much about what he does statistically in the box score the next morning looking at the paper, but what he does for his teammates around him, opening up lanes, like you said, pass rushing lanes for Zadarius and Daniil, making life Mm -hmm. a little bit easier on guys like Harrison Phillips and Delvin Tomlinson, and just the flexibility now. You got three different guys then on the line that any one of them, Phillips, Tomlinson, or Sue, could play the nose or could play the end spots. And just having that flexibility, that versatility, would be awfully nice to have. And I know, like you said, he's not the same Sue. He's not the number two overall pick coming out of Nebraska 12 years ago, whatever it may be. What he did during the Bucs Super Bowl run and during those last six, seven weeks, their run defense was phenomenal when you paired him up with Vitavia. And then in the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, he was a key Mm -hmm. piece of that defense uh, when you get in those critical third and one situations and you got A.J. Dillon bullying his way forward, you need a guy like Sue who knows what he's doing and can body some guys up front too. They replaced Sue in Tampa with Akeem Hicks. Kind of similar situation. You got an aging vet, not what they used to be, but still can be a pretty key piece in certain different packages and down to distance. Something that I'm for sure going to keep my eye on because that's an interesting one. All right, that's a wrap. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikes, plenty more. Remember, like, rate, review, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at ReggieWilsonTV and on Care 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.